0: Greetings, everybody out there in Dreamland. Namaste and salam aleikum. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you, each and every one of you, listeners new and old, tuning in to another broadcast from the Beyond Top Secret Texas Broadcast. I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast of the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. It is my pride and privilege to be doing so in quotation marks. Need to kind of re-edit this last part because it is quickly becoming embarrassing to be called Texan or to be invoking some kind of nationalism or pride in what is clearly just a gimmick for the marks as our bountiful and You know, incredible potential not only as a region but as a country sinks like a ship torpedoed by fate. Although, was it ever really? our state as we the people like to believe it was this in connection with a lot of international news nothing exists in a void nothing exists without context clearly paint a much larger picture clearly write a bigger message in blood on the wall And that is a world of division, of forced separation, of increased hardships, because of nationalism, because of these things, a failure of internationalism, a failure of cosmopolitan nature, but also... One must dissect as to why this occurred in the first place and what were the evils that ruined it and opportunities therefore for it to exert a utopia, as it were, its vision. And why instead of the dream of the 21st century, it is becoming the nightmare that we'll know is the 21st century. Is it because it's the great millennial change? Yes. Is it because of many things? Of course. Can it ultimately be ascribed to one thing? Possibly. But what is obvious is that death comes by a thousand cuts. And it's not one major thing which would be avoidable or correctable, but rather the momentum of a million little mistakes, errors, lazy days, fatigued, hungover mornings, little indulgences, Personal disloyalties and failures, weaknesses, etc. From the very top of these institutions that we are led to trust. They always want you to blame yourself. They always want people to blame themselves for the apocalypse. When clearly we do not profit from the world when it thrives... They want us to take the blame for when it dies. The same thing with Texit. The same thing with this idea of nationalism and uh, populist uh, pseudo libertarianism MAGA-communism. Um, they want you to feel responsible when these things fail. When these operations fail. Because that will destroy your commitment towards yourself having spent all your energy to these failed enterprises. uh, These ideals. This uh, type of isms. And they want you to constantly be seeking that fix of supporting you know, not to your knowledge doomed causes, but rather um, supporting this material world, supporting others, uh, constantly seeking validation through the success of these inorganic movements and identities. Um, So, the writing is on the wall. The predictive programming has already been made, and if you follow a lot of media from uh, the 90s or the 80s, uh, even the 2000s, you see that what they clearly want and are programming people to indulge themselves in by manifesting and creating on a subliminal level is a American civil war. An American civil war in which the federal government in its desperation to survive the Union resorts to very draconian imperialistic uh, repressive strategies to survive as an empire the precedent for this in North America for example is um you know the British during the revolution and the Mexicans during the Mexican Empire or the Spanish Empire um Even the Mexican Revolution. The Mexican Revolution, I think, is probably one of the best revolutions in history. And especially when you consider what it is, what it means, when it happened. Very, very recently. It only happened like a hundred years ago. Um, And the devastation it wrought because of modern technology, weapons, and really just the... Just the reality of what a revolution truly means. It's a caste or a class revolution. It's a social revolution. It's a racial revolution. It's, um, you know, an economic revolution. It's a territorial, political, you know, uh, revolution as well. And so, from what seemingly is a racial revolution in Mexico, where indigenous peoples are relegated to the lowest levels of society by generally European descendants, um, you see a course of wars that occur for about 50 years. And in this course of wars that literally goes on from like the 1800s to like the 1930s, um, you see just 10% of the Mexican population killed. As a direct result of these wars, these small battles, these uh, persecutions, the exile of populations, starvation, embargoes, police brutality, federal government brutality, military, martial law. And uh, it continues to this day the, the ramifications of this continue to this day. For example, Mexico was a fascist government in the 19 in the 20th century in the 1900s and uh, there is a there's a Mexican college massacre for example in the 1960s between communist students and the military that doesn't really get talked about but was absolutely uh, real in terms of that You know, there were college students who were protesting, who were taking over student buildings and stuff like they did in America. And like they did in America, the National Guard, the military, um, shot them and killed them to death as, as rioters, as revolutionaries. Uh, This was the world of like, you know, this empire, this game of empire. And like all governments, they basically operate the same. Even today, you got the cartels. You got this sense of uh, massive carnage. Like 300,000 people are assumed to have been missing or directly killed by cartel violence in the many diverse territories of Mexico. Mexico is not a small place. It's the size of the United States. Uh, but. These are numbers that if they happened anywhere else, these would be serious, like, world eye-catching events. But because they happen in a relatively first-world country with amenities like Wi-Fi, Starbucks, um, you know, highway systems, uh, sports teams, you know, like, nearly 200 million citizens. The largest city in the world, basically Mexico City. Because it happens in the 21st century, right next door to the United States no one calls it a civil war no one calls it a war zone no one calls it a continuation of these never ending blood uh, skirmishes these bloody skirmishes between various Mexican national factions with loyalties and territories that have armies, literally armies of people uh, you know, killing each other and and getting in these running gunfights in this like, you know mountainous uh, mountainous uh, North American country. If this is to be believed that they are going to pull the American Civil War card in the 20th century or in the 21st century, just like they pulled it in the 19th century, you're going to see just that. You're going to see 10% of the United States population forfeit as collateral damage or as sacrificed, uh, you know, personnel people either in direct violence or through bombing campaigns of major cities or in the starvation and famine and sickness to come uh, in the years to follow immediately. Uh, they, it wouldn't be over in a few years. It would last for decades. It would last for decades, um, and it would devolve into a never-ending guerrilla war between now criminal elements of violence. Uh, what we would know as political extremists, but they would be either racially or religiously affiliated with certain groups of legacy or, you know, original Americans, and they would have these wars in the mountains, in uh, the big cities, they would take over towns uh, through subversion and through violence and through holding them basically hostage. Uh, you would see the, the first, the weakness of the federal government at the same time the violence and desperation of them as they commit massacres as they uh, you know, just like Mexico just like Mexico, do these um, cat and mouse type tit for tat slaughters and you know, uh, basically crimes against humanity with like torture being prevalent uh, mass incarceration, uh, but at the same time corruption and um, of, of the federal government, the local law enforcement, so the the cartels or the outlaws or the rebels, however you want to call them, holding basically de facto power in 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 certain territories. As and this would take over the course of 40 to 50 years. This is what's going to happen. It's going to if it happens, say in the 20. 20s, 2030s, it wouldn't really finish until the 22nd century. And I and saying that out loud is fucking crazy, but it's absolutely realistic because many civil wars like in the Balkans or in Asia take over, you know, a few decades. They take they take like look at Vietnam. Look at Vietnam when they started fighting the French. And, and that ended up uh, with them fighting the fucking Chinese in the 1980s. And then invading and, and, and destroying Pol Pot in Cambodia. How how did they go from freedom fighters against the French colonialists in 19 in Indochina after World War II in the 1950s to um, attacking Cambodia because it was a CIA-funded Khmer Rouge? Because they were a superpower in the region, the... North Vietnamese, the Vietnamese Army had defeated the Chinese Communist, like, you know Communist Chinese uh, Army who attacked and invaded them, assuming they were weak after the Americans left Uh, just because they're communists doesn't mean they don't have wars against each other at that point it was a nationalistic thing it was a racial thing it was a, uh, a caste system thing between civilizations That, um, you know, it's actually a tale as old as time itself. China has many attempts at trying to invade Vietnam. China just can't stop itself from trying to take over fucking Vietnam. And uh, every time they've gotten their ass kicked and forced back. See, these things play out over time again and again and again. So not only is the Civil War, the American Civil War, going to happen. it's, It's basically written in stone. Um, They're going to pull that card, they're going to play it from the powers to be to create the greatest reset back into the martial law, um, restructuring, redrawing of the states, recreation of the American um, demographics, carpetbagging. Anyone who studied the American Civil War, they did this already in the 1870s, it was called the Reconstruction Period. Reconstruction Period saw the American South ruled by literal generals of the Union Army. And it was ruled by generals of the million, uh, Union Army, by the military, for ten years. I believe just a little bit over ten years, almost twenty years. And um, even then, afterwards, the people put in power were just the puppets of the of the of the military and Union um, federal government. And at that point, you had the KKK arise and stuff like that. The the idea of what this does. ...to a people is, is absolutely plunged them into hell. They become very tribalistic. They become very violent. These are the worlds they are born into. And this is the world they want to bring to Americans ...because it halts all progress. And if you don't understand how it implies internationally... What's been going on since America didn't have a civil war in the 20th century is a thing called Pax Americana. Pax Americana means the peace of America. Like Pax Roma and uh, the Pax of Rome. Because you have a superpower, the world is relatively very peaceful because it can literally enforce international trade treaties and safe passage in the Blue Water Navy and stuff like that. When America goes into civil war, when Texas happens and gains enough popularity, after, if you haven't watched the news, Trump is basically saying he selected Governor Greg Abbott as the vice president. I believe this, was, this will happen. This will be uh, played out because they are going to do the FDR... Uh, John let's see, John um, Nance Garner combo for those of you who don't know history FDR FDR, Clinton, Delano Roosevelt um, that big socialist had a Texas governor a Texan governor named John Nance Garner and that guy was vice president a uh, conservative Texan named Cactus Jack, they called him He was vice president from 1933 to 1941. So you make of that what you will. Time is repeating itself. And they're definitely going to do a great new deal, a great reset, a great depression type, you know, replay. And I believe afterwards, they're going to do the Civil War 2.0 with Texas succeeding uh, basically, having gained enough national support to get other states—they already have other states, but more substantial states. Um, I know we have this like ally with like Iowa and you know Wyoming and stuff. Houston, the Harris County or the city of Houston is uh, has more population than like I think it's over ten states in America. So. We're going to need, like, substantial political support, like in California and Florida and, like, the North Coast and stuff like that, Northeast Coast and Pacific Northwest and stuff. And I think that they're going to wait politically until after the vice presidency of uh, Trump and and Greg Abbott is, like, the FDR and the John Nance Garner of the 21st century. They're going to become super huge populist. You know, it's basically going to be indistinguishable, great new deal, take America by the fucking balls and do... Whatever they want with it, build another Hoover Dam, does these crazy construction projects of our infrastructure, rebuild the highways, rebuild all the canals, rebuild all the ports, you know, rebuild all the dams, and it'll just employ as well as uh, reinvigor, re- basically save America's economy by resetting it into just one of like manual labor and mega projects and stuff like that. Where. Just tens of thousands of men are just employed as manual laborers pouring concrete in, like, the Rocky Mountains somewhere. Or, like, you know, just digging digging trenches, digging tunnels, stuff like that, just doing nonsense. Um, and our <clears throat> giant federal socialist programs that Americans just love, uh, like, in the Brand New Deal, like, they had the American Writers uh, Group or whatever. It was just the American government hiring all the writers that they could, and these writers would just literally write propaganda of pro-American histories, rewrite history. They would go literally town to town and try to write histories of the local communities by just talking to old people. And you know they just made shit up. You know they were just, like, absolutely drunkards and, and town writers who were, like, you know, drug addicts and stuff, vagabonds, womanizers, and they were just... Trying to fill pages with what they called American history. This was, these were projects of the Great New Deal. This is why people both love FDR and hate FDR, because FDR created the bureaucracy of a socialist United States of America. FDR has, you know, people hate him because he got us into World War II, you know, the whole Pearl Harbor thing, the whole, you know, declare uh, with, with Nazi Germany and stuff like that. So, this is what's gonna happen again. But what's going to happen is Trump is FDR, you know, Yankee for money, a populist, socialist leader, basically. Uh, and then you have John Nance Gardner, Greg Abbott, right? So after that, you got Texas, and the... I want to say it, the parallels between the 1860s and the 18... Or the, you know, the 1860s, but we're one decade chronologically ahead for some reason. And so... Um, Instead of the 1860s, it'll happen in the 1850s, so this will be, what, 2050s? So, 2040s, you know, basically that. Around 2040s, you start getting the momentum, 2050s. Around early 2050s, you're going to start seeing real American Civil War 2.0. And that is states leaving the Union, states literally seizing and nationalizing, quote-unquote nationalizing, uh, foreign industries, national industries uh, reclaiming properties. What it comes down to is when are people going to go into government buildings like the DMV or the post office and take down the pictures of the federal leaders that they have hung up on the wall. It's not a question of when they're going to start, you know, going tantrums in Congress and Pushing for laws and having rallies. When does a person go into the Social Security Agency office and go up to the where they hang the portrait of the president and in full view of the staff and the people there and the security guard that's hired there? Grab that picture and just take it down. And say, nope, not not today. We're not, this guy is not the president anymore for the people, you know, here. Like in this state, whatever. When does that actually... When do people have the courage and the resolve to do that? Like, when does the... Like, what will happen if the manager at the post office, the you know, the guy who's literally a federal employee, uh, does he, you know, stand up and one day just take the picture off the wall and say, not my president anymore? Or is that the... That's the Civil War. That's literally when the Civil War proper will happen, when that momentum happens. When people go physically into the, like, you know, the DMV, go physically into uh, SSA, Social Security Office, go physically into, our agency, go physically into these federal buildings, federal courthouses, and take down the flags, take down the uh, pictures on the wall in front of the judges, in front of the cops, in front of those people, because those people support them or because they literally... Um, uh, know that there's no repercussions, uh, because they outnumber them or they've intimidated them or they you know cease to exist as a functionary group or something. But that's that's when the Civil War 2.0 starts. It's not, it's not protests, it's not January 6th type shit, it's not nothing like that, nothing like that. Because then that says that they still try to preserve a sense of the USA and in the Civil War. They are rejecting the USA. They are saying that the USA is no longer an entity that exists, at least as an authority over them. So that will happen. It will be replaced with Texans. Uh, this this incredibly, incredibly warped view of Texas history, of Texas idealism, but really Texas will become a dystopian nightmare of technocracy, industry, and foreign occupation it'll become a Zionist entity it'll get into futile wars that it cannot win it will send its young men into the slaughter right into the abattoir War it will give billions of its dollars to foreign countries in military aid and infrastructure assistance And all the while, it will only make a few millionaires billionaires. It'll make billionaires trillionaires. And everyone else will be considered basically slaves. If they're lucky to have a job. Already, it's like that. It will become a perversion of itself with the right to work state becoming independent without even federal labor laws like, you know, as a a vague threat above them. We are about to enter an age in Texas where a supervisor or a manager or a company owner could sexually violate your wife or your son or your daughter and get away with it in terms of any kind of backlash, corporate response, reprisal, or uh, you know, outside of violence and vigilantil- vigilantism, uh, maybe much more with a slap on the wrist legally, because of their status as manager, as company owner, of operator, um, you know, employer, etc. We're coming to that Harvey Weinstein type shit because without the federal controls and possibility of literally state-run, you know, court apparatuses that are independent, if everything becomes nationalized, all that person will have to be is one of the good old boy elite and you have as corrupt a society as any Soviet Union, as any racist apartheid state in South Africa, and as well as any like, you know, communist Chinese type nightmare freight fuel. You have figures in Texas who don't care a fucking thing about ethics. They care about profits. They care about money. You're a good person if you're rich, no matter who you are. And you're a better person than anyone poorer than you, no matter what you do. This is the hard, godless, cruel reality of capitalist Texas. Unless you own land, you ain't shit, because you're basically just a parasite, just basically a homeless, having to pay for the right to live. If you don't have a skilled trade or a company, you ain't shit and you're a nobody and nothing you say matters and no one values you. Um, your life literally is on the margins of uh, what they what you can afford, which is basically nothing. and uh, they they label you electronically already based on your criminal history, your conduct at work, etc. so that bosses, Employers can keep that against you or just use that as motivation to fire you, ending and terminating your work with them because ultimately you're just a number that they can replace given the massive pool of potential employees. It's a buyer's market when it comes to that. And what that recreates is ultimately a slave caste or a second class of citizens that are treated like slaves, like wetbacks, like anything you would like to call them, no matter if they're white, black, Asian, or whatever, if you're not already rich and able to be like in that class, in that cat, whoever, everyone's a stranger, so no one really cares uh, who you are, but say, unless you're actually dealing with the life matters of the decisions of employing and creating schedules and making money as a business leader, you basically mean nothing. You could die, be raped and killed on the side of a street while walking to work. Your employer will wonder where you are and be firing, call you to fire you (laughs) before even looking for you, before even assuming anything happened in your life because what you owe them is your obligation to showing up to work. They don't even think of you as a real human being with potentially any real consequences going on. Like that's not a factor in their life anymore. You always hear that. Like, oh, they didn't show up to work, so we called a missing persons report on them because we know we that was something strange. Oh, we knew that. No, they would just assume you quit and fire you that day with a message on your phone. Now, imagine this spreading up to higher corporate-level jobs. Now, imagine that attitude spreading up not from the food service industry or anything, but from... Uh, People who are teachers at schools. Imagine people who work at hospitals. Uh, You know, imagine that attitude for people who work everything and every kind of job in Texas. From people who work in the city, to people who work uh, in the refineries, to people who work in, you know, uh, major construction firms, etc., etc., etc. An attitude of incredible disposability and absolute heartless corporatism. Because that is the world that Texas is making in connection with a group of internationalists and domestic extremists who desire only profits and who full well are educated and know full well that every time they've done this, which is basically raping and leaving a country to, be, to the vultures, the people, they bear the cost, they suffer, they ultimately have to rebuild or perish. And these people just move on to the next host target. And they do the same thing. It's a century-long con of building up nationalism, creating an in- uh, internal industry, giving a larger uh, empire as resources, setting the course for quote-unquote independence movements, which is actually rebellions and revolutions, and then sucking that country dry like a fucking tick, moving its resources to other countries, and then starting the operation over again. The Texas people, like the American people, won't see any money from this. Their taxpayer dollars, though, will help fund this. Case in point, um, the refineries it, are building, and I said that the refineries in a colloquial way uh, refineries belonging to BP, TEPCO, uh, Heavy Industries, which is a Chinese company, um, you know, company industries that belong to the Carlisle Group as well as. Uh, the Bilderbergs, and this is confirmable, as, you know, I do things like ammonia uh, uh, production and aluminum smelting and things like that, that occupy vast regions on the coasts of the Noasis in the mouth of the Oasis River and the coast of the Oso Bay uh, wetlands they um, they have pushed through local governments in Corpus Christi the creation of a desalinization plant. They have promoted this as being helpful to the environment because it provides the fresh water that a drought-stricken area such as ourselves, you know, needs. The catch of this is, though, the civilian population of Corpus Christi will only receive about 10 to 15% of the fresh water produced by this desalinization plant. The 85% that's left over will go straight to these industrial refineries. And these industrial refineries will use that fresh water in their manufacturing processes. This is being paid for by tax dollars, being promoted by city councilmen who are elected officials in a Republican system, and completely unstoppable by any grassroots movement because it has the support of literally uh the governor on down in terms of this is what makes money this is why texas is an economic power and then you see that shit you see reviews online little youtube videos little instagram shorts and stuff or twitter videos like texas isn't the eighth largest economy it's a economic powerhouse how did texas get so rich Wow, Texas is booming. Oh my god, look how everyone's moving to Texas. Oh, it has such little tax. It rapes and pillages its local communities and less off, well-off areas, mostly the country, at the profits and behest of three major urban centers where all international commerce is conducted. I mean, let's celebrate and congratulate these absolute fucking monsters, I guess. These heartless and conscienceless fucking thieves. These robber bearings that live in Dallas, Austin, or Houston, and now San Antonio, so I guess four. That using their corporate head offices and armies of lawyers created deals with... Middle Eastern and international, um, you know, industrialists like the Chinese, to set up massive nature-destroying, um, you know, projects like fracking across the West and Panhandle, um, you know, Eagle Pass, oil. Um, production that leaks constantly across Texas, uh, these mass employers of construction companies, etc., that ultimately are just using what they already know is cheap, like internationally cheap, easily manipulated and exploited, unrepresented, non labor or non union labor. There is no difference between how they treat the average Texan laborer than how they treat the Filipino immigrants or migrant laborers in Dubai. They are the same second-class citizen, building towers, building the city that's enjoyed by the rich who got rich by exploiting those laborers and their spoiled families. And these people are not Texans. It would be one thing to say, well, ultimately, these are the original Texans and everyone else is a new Texan. These are people from India. These are people from China. These are people from Russia. These are people from across the world who migrated to Texas over the years, knowing full well in their business experience and savvy that Texas was an exploitable, open utopia to technocrats and corporations. And all they had to do was set up a legal corporation and start telling people everywhere that they were the boss and owner of a place and literally everyone who worked for them pisses themselves rather than fucking say no because they know they could be fired at any time for any reason. And in this world, that is basically suicide in terms of uh, lifestyle... uh, you know, lifestyle conditions and your ability to pay rent and your car note and stuff like that. So think about it. If you're working as a corporate accountant or something um, in Austin, you already know you can't afford your rent if you went two weeks without a paycheck. If you, you can't afford food if you were unemployed for a month and you can't afford your drugs or your sex or your, you know, whatever, your hookers, your um, girlfriend, your wife. You can't afford uh, your boyfriend or whatever. You can't live in the big city. You're going to have to move back home with mom and pa in small Beaumont or some piss-ass, you know, stinking town in East Texas behind the Pine Curtain or something like that. And that's a fate worse than death. So you will keep your mouth shut and start sucking more corporate cock. Uh, especially when you get higher ranked and higher you know positions of supervisor and stuff like that because then you have power over the people under you meaning you basically do less work. You have to show up every day yeah at this point but you're basically only working two to three hours in an eight hour day and taking home that cutter, taking home that cheddar. So yeah, that's how corporate corruption and all corporations become giant bloated corpses. Just zombies, just stinking, and everyone they meet, they corrupt because it's an easy life, much easier than working in a blue collar capacity as a uh, basically segregated second-class citizen. And this is Texas. This is what they want. This is what's going into it, and in 20, in basically 2050. That's going to get me independent. That state's going to have no federal oversight. That state's going to have no constitutional, U.S. constitutional um, uh, countermeasures. Does that sound like a good thing? And it'll be democratic because they're brainwashing every single person in any kind of community to believe that this is going to benefit them. But in reality, three cities. Contain like 60% of all the population in Texas. All they got to do is convince three cities. Dallas, Austin, and Houston. To vote Texas. And Texas is politically unstoppable. Once they get that president, a vice president, once they get that national image... The mainstream normie. I'm not saying kids. I'm not saying these are, these are urban, you know, uh, liberal. You know, they are. But this is not. It's normal people who live in suburbs who don't go outside at night. Once those people are convinced that Texans should be independent. That's when it all goes to shit. Because those people, they have good intentions. They outnumber everybody but they're absolutely useless eaters and they have no clue of the consequences of their actions. These are the same people who still wear masks at supermarkets. That becomes the status quo. And the reason why they're already prepping this is because certain powers to be know that the United States of America is going to go through a radical political shift. And that radical political shift will see them no longer support the former things, but rather move into a new direction as a country. It'll resume the old ways of the United States. It'll resume isolationism as a international policy. It'll resume overt American exceptionalism and propaganda seeking to erase and replace state identity, local identity, gang identity with a gestalt Norman Rockwell type Americana. Things are going to start looking a lot like the 1940s in terms of everything being a propaganda poster to try to return a sense of pride and meaning into being a United States citizen. But that will be so that the dirty secrets, the skeletons in our collective closet can be buried a little deeper. Under some red, white, and blue bullshit. Not saying it's good, I'm just saying it's going to happen. And in response to 20 years of overt United States military propaganda and political propaganda, which America at first will eat up, they will eat it up. They'll last for seconds. You'll start seeing movies come out that are just pro-American propaganda, pro-revolution, pro-independence movement, pro-Civil War, Union stuff, pro-Trump. You're going to see Trump biopics, stuff like that coming out. And it's going to be America returning for Americans. You know, uh, Hulk Hogan-style American, uh, Cold War-style propaganda. Just jets flying over football games and stuff to try to, try to sugarcoat stuff the reality of america being a warmongering failed empire that in its last decades of, of active power destroyed nations and killed millions of people as well as supported uh, you know neo-Nazi groups in eastern europe as well as waged and was defeated in war basically this this cold war by russia was defeated by China economically they're gonna to try to pump the American propaganda down your throat for the next 10 to 20 years and so that you forget you forget all this and the average American citizen will start either becoming revolutionary or extremist based on their state identity or based on this tribal identity or an old-world identity a racial identities Religious identities, um, you know, economic identities, and you're going to start because America is isolationist right now in this this scenario of the future. And with it having no eyes or connection to the outside world, and having very limited travel internationally and very little travel inward, you know, through immigration, you're going to start seeing America's attention and energies focus inward. Immigrants will be targeted by people of longer generational um, heritage and citizenship. You're going to start seeing things like the Zoot Suit Riots. Shit like that. Whites on Mexicans or Latino violence. You're going to start seeing uh, racial riots. Uh, There were hundreds and hundreds of race riots, by the way. Uh, If you don't know this, there were hundreds and hundreds of race riots between the Civil War and World War II. And there were race riots every day. Uh, at some stages in, in American history because across the country there were just race riots there were racial lynchings there were racial violences uh, there were race violences against uh, half-breed blacks, octoroons um, you know, things like that against full, full-blooded full blacks and, and vice versa there were um, there were violent acts against white people who had associations mis- miscegenations or, you know, interbreeding or whatever, uh, you know, if they were having sex with the wrong race, they would be targets of violence as well. This is, you know, it's going to become the Balkanization, not of, uh, I mean, yeah, of the country, but even of Texas itself, even of everything. And so that's going to call for more police, martial law, extreme punishments of entire communities Um, mass incarcerations concentration camps shit like that and it's going to become not because of uh, the mark of the beast or because they're not loyal to the United States but because they're a quote unquote a danger to themselves you gotta arrest hundreds of black people black families etc when they attack the uh, Haitians next door and these are American blacks that you're arresting not the Haitian immigrants because the um, in this scenario, the American blacks uh, you know, have to be re-educated, they have to be uh, reindoctrinated, etc. Are the Mexicans or the Cholos or the, the, the Irish or the American Italians or something? you have to incarcerate entire communities or treat them as potentially you know like you know, unless they sign loyalty oaths, etc. Like Native Americans were, and Native Americans currently are. Like people in the Reconstruction were, and people in the South currently are. You know, unless, you can still be arrested for possessing KKK literature, or KKK propaganda, or KKK affiliations or uniforms, etc. It's considered a terrorist organization, it's a hate group. That's contraband affiliation. That's illegal tribalism. And people also forget how many people died uh, just from the personal shit, like just from lynchings, which were just that's not even a that's not even the extreme of tribalism. That's just an entire town killing somebody because they all possess the same kind of hatred or the same kind of uh, you know tribal uh, affiliation and stuff. So. What we're going to see is that. That's going to cause the police, that's going to cause the foreign police, the international police, the, in this sense, the USA police, the federal police, uh, to, you know, basically deploy. you are going to see D.C. deploying National Guard, D.C. deploying the DOJ, federal agencies like the FBI, ATF, DEA, etc. You're going to see them deploying across all 50 states and that's when the civil war begins because they're going to be seen as a foreign occupying police force even by texas law enforcement by the time 2050 rolls around you're going to see basically being a federal police officer or being a federal national guardsman or a federal soldier in texas basically as an act of war that's an invasion That's the same thing as what happened in the Civil War. How does someone from Pennsylvania uh, be declared an enemy of someone from Georgia? And if someone from Georgia saw someone from Pennsylvania inside Georgia, they would shoot them on sight. How do we get to that level? It's a slippery slope, but we're on it, and we're already going down it. And this will be accelerated, obviously, by foreign members of failed states internationally. And as the economic pressures increase, basically the the twofold forces at work here are a lack of respect against the federal government, domestically United States-wise. Like, the military itself is proving to be a paper tiger, and the average American soldier is quickly vanishing in terms of any kind of uh, fearsome, you know, image And then you have the, basically the nihilism that internationalism brings, especially when you have things like holy wars, where one side is literally engaging in war crimes, genocides, etc., Either as a type of suicidal desperation and retaliation tactic, or as literally a a fearless, you know, uh, fearing no consequence uh, strategy of scorched earth, you know, attacks. People are going to know that as warfare. People are going to know that as... Um, the status quo in terms of engaging your enemy or in terms of defending yourself. And that's what's scary, is because once again we see the momentum of war crimes, of genocides. We see that momentum build up in history. And what that's going to entail is if Texas is engaged in any kind of military action in this Civil War. Its response will be equally violent and devastating. And this is Americans killing American citizens. These are Americans literally destroying and killing innocent American lives uh, based on politics. And ideals and idealism that's 100% artificial, 100% uh, created by foreign interests, and 100% uh, dooming the average Texan, regardless of victory or defeat. That's the madness that we're dealing with. That's the rotten nature of all of this. Is that we believe it's our decisions. We believe that it's our choice. But in reality, we're powerless because we don't control our leaders. And our leaders have full control over us. the Rotten World News fuck this dystopia but we're gonna watch it as it happens we're ready for it we're smart enough to see it play out it's all been done before time is a flat circle history may not repeat but it definitely rhymes Really would need your help right now, given the podcast's censored state. I will start making more content to make it worthwhile, but you should definitely consider supporting an artist in need, an investigative journalist, an independent journalist in need by donating as little as $1 to Cash App, which is beyond top secret texting on Cash App, or through PayPal, which the link is provided on the description of the videos and the channel and everything uh, on the pod page website. So definitely consider supporting financially at a very tough time as we get back on our feet as a broadcast, as we start making content more regularly, and as we start fulfilling um, you know, the, the scheduling for the other uh, projects that I have going on. ...meeting those uh, deadlines, etc. So we're definitely going to keep you guys posted. We've been working behind the scenes, writing, getting things worked up. going to hit this year um, just as hard as we hit last year. And, you know, setbacks all aside, we are back. We are making content. We're going to be doing these live streams every Friday at noon on Twitter Spaces. And we're going to be simultaneously recording them for publication on the pod page. That's what this is. Catch it live noon on Twitter spaces by following me on Twitter at TopSecretTexan. Consider donating a dollar. One dollar helps out immensely when a thousand people do it. And if you're listening here, you could be one of those. um, Simple, it helps us survive and everything. and helps us get back on our feet to get all our recording, um, you know, shit in a row, basically, so we can start mass-distributing all these episodes again. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. God bless you and your families, and peace out.